Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Yeah, we're all here except Joey. 1-866-405-8405. But we can answer your grooming questions. Joey will be back next week. He's promised. I think he got into a bad enchilada. Uh-uh. He's always doing that, isn't he? I thought that was Alan. Oh, okay. Listen, we got a great show coming up today. We're going to talk about some of the dogs, what they're doing besides being our companion animals. They're helping out in the courtroom. They're helping out with anti-bullying programs. And we're also going to talk about how a cat put somebody in jail because of cat hair. So they're using his DNA. DNA on their cat Ooh. hair. Yes. Found at the scene. That's all on the big show today. Uh, but let's kick off with something. This is right out of China. And, you know... All these crazy stories come out of China. I'll read the headline so you can just... I saw this. This story is so funny. I don't know what it is. The China China Zoo replaces a big cat with a big dog. Apparently, a zoo in central China attempted to pass off a Tibetan mastiff as a lion. (gasps) Are you kidding? Yeah. It's a lion. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The large, aggressive breed has a trademark bushy mane, which gives the lion-like appearance, right? But the vocalizations are more like woof than roar. (laughs) They did it with another animal, too. There's something else there. The zoo also had a dog in the wolf cage, foxes in the leopard enclosure, and nutrias in the snake den. I don't know what a nutria is. Do you know what that is, Doc? Nutria, yeah, it's like a big rat. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, here's this. They confronted the zoo, and the zoo said it wasn't trying to fool anyone. It issued an apology to the public, and it's closed for uh, restocking. (laughs) Rectification, I guess. Uh, The zoo manager, Liu, is denying any attempt at deception, saying the lion had been lent out for breeding and would be back soon, and that the dog belonged to a friend of the zookeeper who was on a business trip and needed a place to keep the pet while he was away. Right. Right. And they put a phony mane around the dog's neck, but they're not trying to fool anybody. (laughs) He said, despite the lion being lent out, the snake and the wolf were merely sheltering from the torrid summer heat that they have right now. The substitute animals had been drafted because an empty cage would have looked bad. They said, <laughs> how was this discovered? Well, a, a zoo visitor who had been taking her son around to the enclosures to each of them to teach them the sounds that various animals make Whoops. Uh, discovered this and, and brought this up. So there you go, China. Heads up. If you're checking out, we're watching you. You can't it should fool be, us. Should be pointed out though that the guy who heads the zoo is driving a smart car, but he thinks he has a Ferrari. <laughs> and you know they're going to have cardboard cutouts next. That's going to be the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cardboard cutouts with <laughs> with, with the sound piped in. Yeah, recordings. Ah. Uh, more unfortunate news from China. Well, actually, from the U.S., but always relates to China in one way or the other. Another recall, and this is again with Yukonuba and Imes dry dog oh, foods and no. dry cat foods. What I mean, when is this going to end? Come on. Really? This, this it's almost comical they now. They just don't learn. And this is the second or third time for Imes in Yukonuba this year alone. So Jeez. I'm telling you, this is not going to stop. This is Part of this is vigilance. Part of the, this are different companies looking ahead. But we're dealing with food products that are meat-based, guys. You're going to always have this kind of concern. Well, so. does this happen with human food? I never hear about it with human food. Yeah, does it happen with food manufactured and processed in the U.S.? Not saying well, that this wasn't. I would wasn't. hope not, but yeah. uh, you know, certainly there's other processes of sterilization they put you know, human foods through and that go through the freezer section. Okay, well, why so did they recall it? Did they say why? Salmonella. This and again, salmonella is common in a lot of the food animals. It's a, a, an organism found in their GI tract. So it's not like it's, you know, it's like MRSA taking over the, you know, the food products. It's something we have to be aware of if you're eating, uh, you know, meat-based products. 
Okay, well, if you want more information, head on over to the website at AnimalRadio.com. We'll have all of the uh, the complete product list and product labels so you can match them with what you have there at your house. And if you do have it, please return it to your store, and you will get a full refund for that, usually. What was that? You A couple of weeks ago, you had to return something, Judy, and well, they no, wouldn't it was give a, you a refund? No, it was my neighbor. I told my neighbor she's an elderly lady, and she has some elderly dogs, and she buys the food, and I said, take it back to our local pet store where you bought it. So she did, and the clerk guy said, ah, you know what? I feed it to my dogs. It's okay. You can keep feeding it. Oh, that's good. And I told her, "Don't, no, no. You take it back. <laughs> you make them give your money back. Absolutely. So, get, it, get, get your money back. Better air on the safe side yeah. for your animals. Okay, we're going to head to the phones next. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Alan Cable, animal communicator Joy Turner, and Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. She's answering your dog's question. If your dog has a question about humans, have them call the same number and Ladybug will answer that. That's how we roll here. (laughs) Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, we have a big show for you today. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, how helpful dogs are. Because we know they're great friends for us. And they're they're fun playmates. But uh, they also have helped in the courtroom. And we'll be talking to uh, a former prosecutor who's founded an organization to put dogs in the courtroom. And we'll also talk to a lady who's, uh, what is she doing? I should read this beforehand. I should remember it. <laughs> the bullying one? Oh, yeah. Oxygen deprivation. Yeah. It's oxygen deprivation. <laughs> uh, she'll be talking about bullying and how there's an anti-bullying program using dogs. That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. Stacy, what are you working on? Well, I have a great love story coming up. There was a couple of seeing-eye dogs that fell in love, and then their owners followed suit. I'll tell you about it. Coming up on Animal Radio News. Aww. I saw that. That's a great story. You want me to get the call? Yes, ma'am. I have a fancy chicken I'm treating for wheezing here at the clinic. Oh, you are? A wheezing chicken? <laughs> a wheeze? Yes. Wheeze? What's yes, wheeze? It's, it's it's not a barbecue chicken. It's actually a wheezing chicken. <laughs> a wheezing chicken. Uh, please explain. you got some explaining to do. Well, this is actually a pet chicken. Um, lives in a house with dogs, cats, guinea pigs, and rabbits, and wow. children, too. Wow. Um, and it's wheezing. So it's um, actually actually having severe breathing problems. And um, chickens, just like other birds, can get viruses, bacteria, parasites, you name it. So we're kind of treating the little guy for a multitude of things. But he, he was sitting in some oxygen yesterday. We were having him breathe right. oxygen just because he was so bad off. Can you imagine a little chicken with a little mask? (laughs) Yeah, how do you get that to stay on his head? Special chicken mask. Well, you know, we we cut to the chase. We make it easy. We put them in a box, and we just pump the oxygen in the box. Oh, okay. So that's what you need, Hal. A little box. How about we talk to Josh? You want to talk to Josh? Hey, Josh, how are you doing? Good, and you? Splendid. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Is that home? Yes. Okay. What's that? I just asked if that was home. I'm being nosy. <laughs> asking for we had for lunch too. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's going on, Josh? This is Doctor Debbie here. I, I have a uh, she's about six months Shih Tzu that we've gotten. We've had in the family for six months now, and um, we she has a constant battle of fleas. We have tried everything from collars to dips to drops to shampoos to bombing the house out with. Um, you know, to get rid of the, all the insects and stuff, and we cannot get rid of them, and we feel so bad for her. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. to the point where they end up on my daughter, cause a lot of times, or well, my wife even. 
Oh yeah, Ugh. icky. I yeah. know fleas. Fleas are nasty things, and I, I'd have to tell you this. This, among many years, we've had some really bad flea seasons across the country. So the thing you have to realize is fleas exist outdoors. You are not going to kill all the fleas in the world. The goal and the challenge that you have is to try to control them on your dog and in your home. So as long as your doggy is going outside we have the risk of being reinfested with fleas. So you got to recognize that because a lot of people get very frustrated with flea control. And obviously, we want them out of our house and off of the pets and ourselves. But this is a cycle that is always going to be at risk if you're in a heavy flea area. So um, for me, that's the, the first thing. And the, the next steps that we really have to look at is that Flea control isn't a one-time thing. Um, it can take repeated treatment for the flea life cycle to really be extinguished. So um, you just keep in mind, uh, when we talk about fleas and their life cycle, uh, 5% of the whole flea life cycle accounts for the adults that are actually on the pet. So there's 95% of fleas that are in the eggs, the pupa, and the larva stages elsewhere in your home that have not hatched. So you may be treating your pet, but in order to kill off those immature stages, it's going to take more work. And that's the biggest thing is to really stay faithful. So I always say we got to go for at least three months continuously before we can expect those all those different generations of the flea life cycle to be squashed. And if your pet is going back outside, we're getting reinfested. So you're getting new generations that are going to be coming on, new adults that are going to be popping onto the pet. So um, that is just the facts of life when it comes to fleas. So, um, is there any you know, better than other ones? You know, it, there's a lot of question about that. And I'll tell you, what I recommend is really using different products that hit different cycles of the flea life cycle. So if you're just using a flea collar, eh, you know, most of those really aren't very effective in treating a pet um, globally for this flea problem. So I like to use a combination of an oral product and kind of like a spot-on product. And what many of the oral products do is they're quick kills. So they, those you generally give once a month. Sometimes we'll do them more frequently, even as often as a couple times a week, um, daily in really bad cases. Those you'll need to see your veterinarian for. But those kill off the adults very effectively. And many of them, um, shortly after the pills, suckers will be hopping off. So um, I always kind of recommend to do this and keep your pets outside to keep those (laughs) fleas from hopping back on. But that is definitely um, a good way is to start with the orals to kill off the adults. And then we follow up with a product that has something that's going to affect the different generations of the fleas. So with those, um, you know, just throwing out some different names out there, for instance, Frontline is their basic product. Frontline Plus has a component that treats those immature forms. So you want to kind of work with your veterinarian and make sure you're getting the right stuff and that we're using it frequently enough. There is some also talk out there that there could be resistance that fleas are developing to a lot of our common uh, pest control products or flea control products. And there's some debate on that. But um, some different strategies we find is that if we use different products and we kind of switch it up at different times of the season, you know, kind of helps to not stick with one product and, and hopefully that those fleas don't get resistant to our efforts with those, um, those medications. So. so I don't have a single product that I would really tell you, but, um, you know, some of the different oral ones, uh, Capstar is one, um, and then, you know, Advantage or Advantix 2 is another that has an insect growth regulator that gets kind of more generous of fleas. So that is kind of the scoop. And and I would have to tell you, she's 10, you said 10 months old, 5 months old? She's 6 months old. 
six months old. So she's just a baby. So she's, you know, she's just developing those whole generations of eggs, going to larva, going to the pupa, and then going to the adult. So you're going to have to keep battling this. Now, do you have cats, um, other pets in the home? I have one um, cat. She's uh, 10 years old. She stays in the house. Okay. So, and then we also have to make sure we are treating her for fleas at the Absolutely same time. You... do. It's a, it's a battle trying Good. to get her and trying to clean her up, but <laughs> she yeah. does not like the water. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's where, you know, baths and dips, you know, you can do that. But in a lot of cases, um, you know, I, I'm a fan of some of the spot-on products that have a sustained effect that lasts for about a month. Um, you may find less scratches uh, giving your cat a, or giving that than giving your cat a bath. Um, but okay. always with kitties. And I like to just kind of get that out there for listeners. Cats are very sensitive to um, a lot of the dog flea control products. So you don't want to mix and match. You always want to use the full amount of the product on your pet, whether it's a dog or cat, don't split doses to try to save money between your pets and okay. make sure you're, you're battling it on a regular basis. Um, so if you haven't talked to your vet, I would pick up that phone call and see if you need to get one of the oral flea medications to help uh, facilitate your, your battle with the flea. Okay, I appreciate it very much. Thanks for your call, Josh. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know what? We were battling the fleas and uh, we used the spot-ons, and we actually changed from one spot-on to another, and suddenly it started to work. I guess they got some kind of resistance. But the, the Comfortis, which is the pill that you were talking about earlier, I don't know mm-hmm. by name, a great pill that we've used in our cat. It has uh, rid him of any fleas, and he had, a, of course, he had the, uh, what do they call that, malaria? He was just covered in Miliary dermatitis. So, yes. yeah, flea allergy dermatitis, and, and it's definitely helpful for those guys. It worked wonders. It was miracle drug. Uh, Stacy, what do you got coming? Well, there was a major archaeological find in Germany, and some badgers found it. I mean, we're talking really old stuff. 12th century burial site was found. I'll tell you what they dug up. Coming up on Animal Radio News. I don't need no stinking badgers. is back. For tailgating or watching at home, Reynolds, Hefty, and Johnsonville brands have a game-time winning lineup. Reynolds Wrap Foil, Reynolds Slow Cooker Liners, Hefty Waste Bags, Food Bags, Plates and Cups, and the full juicy flavor of Johnsonville Brats. Fire up your grill and get those Johnsonville Brats cooking. Lay Reynolds Wrap Foil on the grill to help prevent the brats from burning and to make cleanup a snack. And for really easy cleanup, don't forget Hefty Waste Bags, Disposable Plates and Cups. Reynolds, Hefty, and Johnsonville brands, the winning lineup this football season. If you came to Sears, I'd enlighten you with this Samsung refrigerator with a sparkling water dispenser. Brings class into any home. Isn't that right, Lord Fountainshire? The delicate balance of filtered water infused with pure carbon dioxide tantalizes your taste buds. Just say yes next time. And say yes to savings this Labor Day at Sears. I'll save you up to 30% off all Kenmore and Samsung appliances, plus up to 15% off other appliance brands. One appliance store helps more people find savings and solutions than any other. This is Sears. Exclusion supply. See store for details. Offer validate 25 to 98. Hi, I'm Dick Van Patten. And I'm Jimmy Van Patten. And we're here to talk to you about our new line of alpha grain-free dog and cat formulas. And we've been the leaders in grain-free nutrition with our LID formulas before grain-free became a trend. Our new grain-free alpha formulas combine multiple high-quality proteins at balanced levels with unique fruits and vegetables for vitamins and antioxidants. For more information on alpha and all of my dog and cat food formulas, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. For dogs, like people, arthritis is the most common health problem, and joints are stressed even more with increased activity in summer. FlexRx is a new way to safely and effectively treat canine joint health problems. 
All Natural Flex RX doesn't mask symptoms like other products. It's clinically proven to restore healthy joint function. With Flex RX, your dogs can enjoy an improved quality of life they've earned and deserve. Flex RX is available at Pet Supplies Plus or visit ProLabsPets.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Natural Balance Pet Food, the finest food you can buy for the health of your pet. No matter which line of Natural Balance Pet Food you choose, you know it will truly be the food for a lifetime. Visit www.naturalbalance.net to learn more. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We welcome to the show Sherry. Hey, Sherry, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. What's going on in your world? Well, actually, I'm traveling today with my little Ruby. She's a Yorkshire Terrier. She's not a very good traveler. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> my question is, she's just about three years old. And although she, at times, will go over to the door, most of the time she doesn't let you know she needs to go to the bathroom. And I trained her on a potty patch. And for a while, she would go on the potty patch, and then we start doing more outside stuff. Now she won't have anything to do with the potty patch. And she will actually dance around the room. Looks like she wants to play. We'll play for a little while, and then I'll go into the kitchen. I'll come back, and she's wet on the floor, right Ooh. next to the potty patch or wherever else she wants to go. And she actually defecated on the couch the other day, which appalled oh. me. And I don't know why it is that she... I mean, we take her out all the time. I walk her long walks. I do everything. But, but there are just times when we, we will leave for a couple hours and come back and she's peed on the floor. We actually had to buy a steam cleaner just because of her. So I don't know if I should quarantine her into the kitchen and just put something across the door and put the potty patch in there, figure it's the only place she could go and retrain her on it, or are Yorkies just that hard? No, you gotta, first of all, Sherry, you gotta demonstrate to your dog the proper way to go to the, the restroom outside. And before I go any further, you know I'm kidding, right? I'm hoping so. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, Sherry. Sherry, you're a good lady. Are you a little nervous? You're a little nervous around your dog? You get a little nervous that the dog's gonna go and, and, and you're, you're excited yourself? Well, yeah, when we leave, I think she knows okay. that, that I'm, I'm, trying to figure out how to get her to go to the bathroom real quick before we go. All yeah. right. Yeah, I do. All right, here's what you need, Sherry. Firstly, you need a crate. Do you have a crate? Yes, she hasn't been okay. in it in years. <laughs> All right, you need a crate, a collar, a leash, some treats, time, a lot of patience, and a lot of confidence. And what you're going to do, Sherry, you're going to take her outside. You're going to stand still. You're going to ignore her if she wants to play. Don't don't buy into that. And you're going to wait about 10 minutes for her to go to the bathroom. If she does, you're going to make a big deal out of it, like have fireworks in your pocket. Just go nuts, okay? Good dog. Give her a treat. When you're in the house with her, you either have to put her in the crate or you have to attach her to your hip with the leash so that you know when she's getting ready to do her business. And get rid of those pads. Those pads are a waste of time. They confuse dogs. You know, if a dog can go to the bathroom in the house, that's what a dog knows. She can't tell the difference between the pad and your favorite rug. So you start okay. from scratch, and you're very calm. And you got to go outside and just stand there. When she goes, you bring her back in. You reward her. You tell her what a good dog she is. And you got to keep doing it. After every event, you take her outside. That's important, too. So after she wakes up from a nap, first thing in the morning, before bed, uh, when you come home, wait 10, 15 minutes, let her out. But when you're not there, Sherry, to watch her, you have to keep her in the crate or you have to keep her attached to your hips so that you can correct her immediately when she makes a mistake. You can go, no, and then bring her outside. And that's pretty much all there is to it. You just got to be consistent and have a lot of patience. 
Okay. So if I'm going to be gone for a few hours, I should just put her in the crate. Absolutely. That way she can't make a mistake. Okay. All right. Well, that's what I'll do. I've got a big one. I had a little one when she was a puppy, but I've got a bigger one. It'll give her a little more room, and I'll just put her in there. And and we're never really gone that long. It's just that she just decides that, well, i got to go, i got to go. Nobody's around. How big is that big crate? Yeah. Yeah, Make it a small crate. One other thing, Sherry, is your dog is letting you know. You just have to watch her. Watch her very closely. You You said before she doesn't let me know when she has to go out, but each dog does it in a different way. And believe me, she's giving you a little cue. You're just not recognizing it yet. You'll learn to. Okay, okay, because they all look like the same play thing. Like, it, and she da- dances around, and if I throw the toy, then she'll go and get it. So. Well, see, that's the thing. When you take her outside, she has to know it's time to go out to go to the bathroom, not playtime. So playing with a dog is going to make her prolong the event because she's going to realize that as soon as she goes, you bring her in. So she's going to stick, okay. uh, stay outside and play with you and not go. So you have to let her know, okay. hey, it's time to go to the bathroom now. No joking around. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a shot because... Kind of icky. <laughs> Give it a shot, girlfriend. I will. Thank you. Thanks. We appreciate your call, Sherry. one 405 8405 It's toll free to our dream team. Uh, let's go to Annette. Hi, Annette. How are you? Uh, okay, and you? Oh, splendid. What's going on in your world? Uh, someone stole our dog. Someone stole your dog? Yes. We had how, a Yorkie Terror. How do you know it was stolen? Well, because we had some people that was working, and when he left, we thought that she was in the yard because she can't get out the yard. And I went looking for her because she usually she's running around inside, and we couldn't find her. And she can't get out the gate. Okay, so you're assuming you're assuming right now that she's been stolen. Is that correct? Well, we can't find, and it's been at least a couple of weeks. It's certainly possible someone could have snatched her doggy, especially, you know, with all what we're kind of hearing in the media lately about kind of the pet flipping situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a Yorkie is a little dog, and it doesn't take a lot to have someone accidentally open a back door, a gate, um, or for a little guy, you know, to get out of the yard. Um, so for me, I always would recommend uh, contacting every shelter in the immediate area. And um, to really keep up with that, because I find a lot of times even some good-hearted people who find dogs don't report the pets to the shelters, and they try to adopt it out, or they try to find the owners themselves. And then maybe after a couple of weeks, they say, you know what, we can't find an owner. I, I'm, you know, I can't keep this dog. Now I'm going to turn into the shelter, and it can be weeks or even months later. So I would not lose hope for, um, you know, finding your baby. But there are some other avenues I'd make sure you do. Is your pet microchipped? No, she's not. Oh, darn, because that would be one thing is to contact the microchip companies as well and to report her missing or stolen. I, I would really keep up the efforts and really blanket um, the veterinary offices, the shelters, and, and keep up the looking. You, you can't you can't stop. That's the, the biggest message I, I have to give you. And okay. Annette, my name is Joy. I'm the animal communicator. Can you tell me the name of your girl? Her name is Duchess. Okay. Um, Duchess, when I connected with her to see what she could tell me she is actually with someone oh that's good so somebody does have her they are taking care of her and it does not feel from what she the feeling she's sending me it doesn't feel like it's the same person that was in your yard what she was showing me is that she ran out when they were whatever they were taken out of the yard and somebody else found her so I'm assuming you've already done things like put up posters and that sort of thing. Put up posters, went to the animal shelter. Um, okay. 
Well, and, right now she can't tell me, you know, because I don't know addresses or things like that. She can't tell me where she is. It's, um, I just know that she's comfortable. She's warm. She's being taken care of from everything she shows me. She's being treated well. So all of that at least is good. And I was trying to get to see if she could show me anything else. She might be in something that feels like a townhouse instead of a home. So if you have anything that looks like townhouses around your place, you might want to knock on some doors or put posters up around that particular facility and pay attention to where she is. She doesn't show me being outside on the grass very much. She's in most of the time. Ah, well, yeah. So she's in most of the time, so it's going to be harder to find her. She does feel like she goes up steps when she comes from outside to go inside. So that might be another thing that you could look for is something that feels like a townhome with steps that lead up to it. Those might be some ways you could look for her, too. Annette, where are you, where are you located? In Los Angeles. Okay, about where do you think the dog was lost? South Central LA, between Alpha Rodeo Road and not too far from Crenshaw. Okay, were there any marks on this dog that people could recognize if they're listening now? Yes, up under her left leg, there's a scar where she had um, a rash and it left a dark mark. Uh, she had on a collar, but, you know, they can easily take that off and throw it away. Sure. Uh, a fairly average-looking Yorkie, is that correct? She was just the teacup one, the small one. I small think one. Five pounds. Okay. If you're listening, you happen to have found this uh, dog. What's the dog's name? What's her name? Duchess. Duchess. Give us a call at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, and we'll hook you up with Annette and hopefully get a reunion there. We wish you the best of luck with that. I know it, it's a tough time. But I know keep my looking. granddaughter is having a fit. Keep looking. Just keep looking. Don't give up, okay? Okay, I will. Thanks, Annette. And thank you, guys. one 405 8405 Always kind of a tough situation, but that's an example for those listening. Uh, GPS, microchip, just a regular tag, all of these work. And if you have workers come to your house, put your dog away. Put him in a different room or something that's not going to be affected because I, the workers, you know, I'm not saying they can take them, but sometimes they do leave doors and gates open. I actually had a phone company worker leave a door open into my bird room when I lived with Canaries, and one of them got out and my cat got it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I'm so caffeinated right now, can I tell you? I'm barely holding it together. You're awesome. Hey, this is Ashley Bell, official spokesperson for the 5th Annual Life-Saving Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66. The tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption. Get Your Licks on Route 66 kicks off in Los Angeles on September 14th and ends in Chicago on October 19th. Check out FidoFriendly.com and see where the tour stops near you. You might just find your new forever friend. 
Football is back. For tailgating or watching at home, Reynolds, Hefty, and Johnsonville brands have a game-time winning lineup. Reynolds Wrap Foil, Reynolds Slow Cooker Liners, Hefty Waste Bags, Food Bags, Plates, and Cups, and the full juicy flavor of Johnsonville Brats. Fire up your grill and get those Johnsonville Brats cooking. Lay Reynolds Wrap Foil on the grill to help prevent the brats from burning and to make cleanup a snap. And for really easy cleanup, don't forget Hefty Waste Bags, Disposable Plates, and Cups. Reynolds, Hefty, and Johnsonville Brands, the winning lineup this football season. If you came to Sears, I'd enlighten you with this Samsung refrigerator with a sparkling water dispenser. Brings class into any home. Isn't that right, Lord Fountainshire? The delicate balance of filtered water infused with pure carbon dioxide tantalizes your taste buds. Just say yes next time. And say yes to savings this Labor Day at Sears. I'll save you up to 30% off all Kenmore and Samsung appliances, plus up to 15% off other appliance brands. One appliance store helps more people find savings and solutions than any other. This is Sears. Exclusion supply. See store for details. Offer validate 25 to 98. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit FosterAndSmith.com. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, there's a pair of seeing eye dogs and they're getting credit for leading their owners to love. According to NBC's Today Show, Claire Johnson and Mark Gaffey first met at a course for their guide dogs, Rod and Venice. They met last year in Shrewsbury, England. Apparently, though, the guide dogs were inseparable and the dogs seemed to be falling in love. Their visually impaired owners soon followed suit. Just months after Claire and Mark began their own romantic relationship, they're now planning to get married. And during the ceremony, the couple plan to honor their dogs for helping them find love with a wedding cake decorated with bones and paw prints. Cute. Gaffey says Rod and Venice are central to the whole thing because the dogs brought them together. Well, do you ever yawn and then somebody next to you yawns? Contagious yawns may not be unique just to humans. They did a Japanese study and it was published in the journal Plaus. And it shows that dogs tend to yawn after a person yawns. Researchers also found that dogs are more likely to yawn after a human if that person is their owner. The study author, Teresa Romero, says that the research shows contagious yawning in dogs is emotionally connected in a way that's similar to humans. While they weren't able to determine the exact reason that dogs mimic yawns, they were able to rule out that it was a type of distress response to seeing a strained human face. While many of the dogs repeatedly followed their owners in yawning, 14 dogs did not yawn at all. Oh, it made me want to yawn. Um, the owners of Auburn's Flying Pig Barbecue are hoping for the return of Super Porky. And it's not one of their customers. It's a company mascot. The 50-pound carved wooden pig disappeared sometime last week. And George Miller, who owns the restaurant, says the pig was made for him by a relative. And they're asking for whoever pignapped him to bring him home. No questions asked. You know what? I had a cow once. I may have told you this. A life-size cow. It wasn't a real cow, but it was a, um, you know, one of those fake ones. And I had it in my front yard. And it was pink with yellow polka dots. And my neighbors stole it. I never got it back. And that cow was expensive, too. It was like 500 bucks. 
Okay. A new study indicates that dolphins are capable of recognizing a tank mate's whistle even after they're separated for as many as 20 years. It's the longest social memory ever recorded for a non-human. University of Chicago scientist Jason Bruck studied 56 bottlenose dolphins that were moved between six different institutions. And such long-term memory puts dolphins in the same category as monkeys and elephants, which show a similar capability. The study is published online in the journal Proceedings of the Royal Society of London B. Well, I, you know, remember Flipper? He was human-like. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster & Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian-owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster & Smith has thousands of name-brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at FosterAndSmith.com, because your pet's health and happiness come first. We've talked about Stella and Chewy's family of freeze-dried and frozen dinners for dogs. Now we're pleased to share two new exotic dinner additions, Simply Venison and Absolutely Rabbit. Both are made with 90% single-source protein and enhanced with organic fruits and vegetables. Each are fortified with vitamins, minerals, and probiotics to be 100% complete and balanced. Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog. Only the good stuff. For more information, go to Stella and Chewy's. If you're like most people, you suffer from occasional gas problems. My gas problem got so bad, I had to cancel a father-son camping trip. That's when I took action. I joined the Shop Your Way program at Kmart. Kmart Shop Your Way members get a coupon for 30 cents off per gallon of gas when they spend $50 or more at Kmart. Not a Shop Your Way member? Sign up today. It's free, and you'll get 30 cents off per gallon of gas. Participating stores only. Void where prohibited by law. Maximum gallon purchase limits apply. Offer and member details at Kmart.com slash earn gas for less. Come on, sweetie. Jump to dad. I'm not sure, daddy. The water's cool. There are moments in life that cause us to hesitate. Jump right here. Uh, okay. Here I come. I got you. Good job. I did it. That was fun. But once we take action, we're really glad that we did. If you're thinking about selling your home, don't hesitate. Interest rates are low and buyers are in the market. Every market's different. Call a Realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. It's Animal Radio. We are celebrating our connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. That's the number to chime in for Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Volani, or animal communicator Joey Turner. Now, Joey is not here today. Is that correct? He he called in sick this morning. Yes. Last what? night, I just found out. Yeah, I know. What's that about? You know, that, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> I don't feel that's very so, well. <laughs> so sad to hear. I was just listening to that fantastic music. They don't make them like that anymore. Saturday in the Park by Chicago. I mean, I, I could. I love that song, and it made me think of you know Joey just dancing around with Snoopy in the park and yellow daisies all around and wind. And <laughs> Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe that's where he's. We at. should call to make sure he's really sick. Yeah. Let's call him a little later on today. <laughs> we can do that. He would have appreciated this story. The hair of a cat 
ratted out a British murder suspect. Yes, fingerprints are not the only thing this, that killers can leave behind. Whoa. Now add cat hair to that list. Oh, how you'd never get away with anything. I wouldn't. You're covered with I'm, cat hair I sure, all the time. I make sure there's a certain amount of cat hair in my food. Is, you bring your own to restaurants. I do, to restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, British University said Wednesday that its DNA database of British felines helped convict a man of manslaughter. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they, I guess, investigators identified cat hair discovered around the dismembered torso of the uh, the gentleman that was the victim, and they matched the hair to the cat belonging to a man's friend, David ah. Hilder, who was Whoa. convicted. That's amazing. And uh, you know that what? Is amazing. Cats are not only helping out in court now with their cat hair, but dogs are helping out in the courtroom. And this came across my desk this morning. This comes out of Dickinson County, Tennessee. A new program is allowing dogs inside courtrooms. How awesome. This is great because I've always thought that's a courtroom's kind of a tense place to be. Extremely. I've worked for judges, and it's not a fun place to be. It's very tense. So the Courthouse Dogs Foundation, founded by Ellen O'Neill Stevens, has 39 dogs in the program uh, in the courthouse in Tennessee. I believe we have her on the phone. She's traveling across the country. Hi, Ellen. How are you doing? Oh, good afternoon. I'm just doing fine. Thank you. Where are you right now? Right now, we're um, between Abilene, Texas, and Dallas, Texas, in a little town pulled off to the side of the road in Ranger, Texas. Wow. Okay. Are you on your way? Is this work-related? Are you vacationing? What's going on? It's a little bit of both. We just finished attending the Crimes Against Children's Conference in Dallas, Texas. Oh. And uh, spreading the word about the use of courthouse dogs assisting in the investigation and prosecution of crimes. Now, you're a former prosecutor, right? That's correct. I was a prosecutor for 26 years in Seattle, Washington. What made you decide to add dogs to the mix? Well, during the, during the two decades that I worked there, I saw a great deal of pain and suffering experienced by many people, um, not only victims and witnesses of crime, but many people are affected by the stress of the investigation and prosecution of crimes. And so one day, um, my son, who has cerebral palsy, came home with this fabulous service dog that we got for him from Canine Companions for Independence. And there was one day a week when his dog, Jeter, couldn't be with him. And I was working in juvenile drug court at the time. And I thought, well, you know, maybe... Sean's dog, Jeter, could help these kids in their recovery. And I brought him to drug court. It was a little unusual to have a dog there, but he was a huge success. And, and then word got out about this, and I had prosecutors from my office saying, well, do you think Jeter could help these twin girls that have been sexually assaulted by their father? Uh, and I said, I think so. And Jeter did. He went into the courtroom with them in 2004 and helped them. They were only seven years old. Uh, were with them when they testified against the father who was just a few feet away from them. And it made a huge difference. Is this, wow. uh, now, are they being used only with situations with children or are they being used uh, all, all around? Because I know if I was, I was on the stand, I certainly would want a dog next to me. And I'm just a, a child in my head, really, is all I am. <laughs> So it is our philosophy that the dogs are should be available to anyone um, affected by stress during the course of you know, criminal justice proceedings. But they also help defendants in veterans court, mental health court, um, DUI court. 
And we were very excited to help um, probation officers in York County, Pennsylvania, have a dog begin assisting veterans in their veterans court there. Um, Many of these uh, men and women suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome, and having a dog there help them through that process makes a huge difference to them as well. Have you ever run up up against any opposition, any judges refusing to allow dogs in their courtroom or any other attorneys opposing it? Well, yes. Um, The primary objection is from defense attorneys who, uh, if the dog is assisting in the courtroom, they raise the objection saying, well, look, um, judge, everybody likes dogs, especially dogs that are, you know, very appealing like these dogs are. Mm -hmm. And if they are associated with the state's witness, in the witness box while he or she is testifying in court, the jury is going to like the state's witness more than my client. And that's prejudicial to my client. But what most defense attorneys don't realize, and, and judges, and that's why we try to educate them about this, is that these dogs are so well trained, they can lie perfectly still for an hour or two and are often completely hidden in the witness box. Um, and they're able to provide that support with really not being any distraction whatsoever. All very interesting. Where can we learn more? There's a website. Yes, www.courthousedogs.org. And we're also giving our first international conference about courthouse dogs in Seattle um, in November. And information about that conference is on our website. We have people from Chile um, that will be participating, a judge and an assistant dog trainer, and law enforcement from Canada who will also be participating in our organization. So we are spreading. Oh, and I just do want to mention one thing. The Hague in the Netherlands contacted Courthouse Dogs Foundation and asked us to apply for an award for innovation in the criminal justice field. And they accepted (laughs) our application, and we certainly hope we win that prize. You're an outside-the-box thinker. That was just a wonderful idea. Can you recall a case that stands out in your mind where a dog really made a huge difference? Um, Well, I have to say the case that's now pending in front of our Supreme Court in Washington State. So the appellate court affirmed the presence of the dog, and that was taken up to our state Supreme Court. And this was a 58-year-old man who uh, is cognitively and physically impaired, and this young woman uh, took advantage of him, um, took all of $150,000 that he had saved over a lifetime for his retirement, and spent all of his money. And he was devastated by this. And he had um, our courthouse dog in King County, Washington, with him during the defense interviews, during um, the trial, and he said that at the end of the trial, I-O-L-E, one great big hamburger for the health <laughs> <laughs> At least. Oh, just wonderful work these animals are doing. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to check in with you again. Thank you so much. Take care. There you go. Former prosecutor Ellen O'Neill Stevens, founder of the Courthouse Dogs Foundation on Animal Radio. We're going to head back to the phones, one 405 Let's hit the phones. For Dr. Debbie right now, we have Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. How can we help you today? Well, I've got a question about my little chihuahua. Um, All right. She she has been having problems. She's about four years old. And she has been having problems for about the last three years or so 
with her ears getting inflamed and irritated. And uh, first time it happened, happened, I took her to the vet, and she uh, we got drops, and we did the drops, and she got better. And then I took her to the vet again, and he said, here, do you still have the drops? I said, no, I threw them away after she got better. And he said, no, you need to keep doing the drops. So we did the drops. And she chews on her feet. Mm-hmm. And... So the last time I talked to him, he said, well, have her take half a Benadryl, a children's Benadryl a day, and see if that helps. But my question is, I have heard all of these ads for Dynavite, mm-hmm. and it talks about some of the symptoms that my dog's having with the itching, the ears, and the, the feet and everything. And I was wondering, Dr. Debbie, what you think about the Dynavite. Okay. Well, you know, I guess the the first thing that I'm going to kind of back up to is when we hear about a pet that's chewing their feet, licking their feet, uh, scratching, having frequent ear infections, to me, really jumps out that we really need to talk about potential allergies um, and secondary problems with that. Um, so there's definitely some steps that we can do along that avenue. Now, products such as Dynavite, um, they have some pretty big claims. And, um, you know, there are some definite nu- nutritional problems with the skin that we can see a benefit with supplements. There's zinc-responsive uh, dermatitises. There's problems when pets have dry skin and they can benefit from the fatty acids. So I don't think for, you know, for some things it's a bad idea. But, you know, I'd say if your pet is having displaying those signs, I'd really say, Let's let's back up, and I I want to look at what we can do. Um, if Benadryl doesn't do the trick and doesn't make her comfortable, then we might need to take it a step up. And um, I always like to go to the the address the concept of food allergies because that's a real common problem in dogs, and it's something that we can try. And uh, with the right direction, we can get your your pet on a diet that might help with some of these symptoms. Um, right. A lot of pets have both things. They have seasonal allergies. They have food allergies. They can have bacterial infections, yeast infections, so they all kind of come together. So something as simple as a supplement isn't going to help all of those things. So I'd really want to make sure we're focusing on what we need to do for your baby. And and part of that is to kind of look at the skin, get some samples, and, um, you know, especially if we've been battling these ears, um, ears are skin. So um, whether your vet deals with it or you see a dermatologist, there's a lot more that we can do to kind of delve into this problem and try some other therapies. I mean, you didn't mentioned beyond um, you know the ear medicine has there been anything other than the Benadryl that you've tried? No, no. I did she, she's very very thin and the doctor made a comment at her last well checkup that she was very very thin and I said that's true I said but is she too thin and he said no but I was kind of concerned about it because the way he made over it so much so I tried <laughs> her on some wet food thinking you know maybe this would be good for her try something different and it did not do well with her gastrointestinal system at all. Okay. And we had a mess for a 24 hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you switch that diet like that, yeah, you'll get the after effects. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but would, you think have you have if, to try some different food? Yeah, and I'd say especially if she does tend to have a sensitive tummy, then we want to kind of go cautiously here. So I'm not just saying go to the pet store, pick out a brand, and try it and see. Work with your veterinarian on this because they can help advise you on things that might be wise to try. Radio. The lucky dog. 1-866-405-8405. That's toll free to Dr. Debbie. 
dog trainer Alan Cable, animal communicator Joey Turner, and uh, usually Joey Volani, who's out today. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Stella and Chewy's. They now offer the new size, the intro pack of their raw and frozen dinners. Oh, they have all the flavors. They have the Chewy's chicken dinner, the Simply Venison dinner, the Stella Super Beef dinner, the Duck Duck Goose, and the Phenomenal Pheasant. Such an easy way to find out which is your dog's favorite. It might be all of them. It might be. Each little 8.5-ounce package includes six small patties. You can get it four ninety nine at your local pet store. Check it out. Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. Hi, Sigonia. How are you? Hi. It's actually Sigonia, but thank Sigonia. you. Okay. Yes. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Palos Verdes. What's going on, and how can we help you? Well, I have two Yorkies, and the one that's really in question is, is Tucker. We, She had been lost for literally over, uh, over a year. She was returned to us, finally, thankfully, through a chip, um, and... So we've had her back now for about six years. And during that time that she was gone, we got another dog, also a Yorkie. So they're two females. And um, from the beginning, Tucker, the one that was lost, had tried to kind of assert her dominance. And and Lucy was pretty passive. But now Lucy has gotten definitely more aggressive. Well, the biggest problem recently that has happened, Tucker eats like, it, since she's been returned to us, she inhales her food. She doesn't chew it. So I started feeding Lucy just a, a nanosecond before I'd feed Tucker. Um, I don't know whether that sort of let Tucker know that Lucy was more dominant now. Anyway, the problem that has occurred recently is that I'm virtually positive it's Tucker that has recently started to pee on a couch Ooh. and defecate on an ottoman. I mean, she's had you know, quote, the accidents before or not using the potty pad and using it on a carpet or something, but never on furniture, ever. And she did it twice, uh, urinating and once defecating. Just more like desperate, obviously, for answers right now. She doesn't appear to have any kind of physical problem. You know, she's eating and playing and doing all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't appear that there's an illness, but I haven't. You're, you're stressed out. out. You're stressed out and anxious about the whole thing, right? Uh, well, don't like dogs peeing and pooping on my furniture. <laughs> of course not. Uh, what do you do when your dog pees and poops? When you find it, what do you do? What's the first thing you do? Probably yell. You yell. Okay. Yeah. And, and you're oh, yelling at the, do- and you're yelling at the dog. Um, well, I have, I- well, first, no, when I first discovered, not at the dog, but because I do believe that that was the dog that brought it in, I do bring her in to look at it. And, and, and see, that just does no good because uh, about a minute after she does it, she doesn't even remember doing it. She just knows it's poop and pee. That's all, that's all she's getting from it. And she's getting that you're mad because there's poop and pee, but she doesn't associate doing it and you being mad. Right. So, you know, look, at you have two dogs basically fighting for dominance, and it's very, very common for a dog's age to determine their dominance. Like they, a dog gets a little older, they become a little bit more aggressive. So they're challenging each other. But the real problem is, is that you're not the leader. You have to be in charge. The dogs can't be in charge. And when dogs are in charge, it causes stress and anxiety and all kinds of problems, like chewing, peeing, biting, barking, all kinds of problems. So you have to change your behavior. You have to be a calm, confident leader, and you have to be in charge. And there are things you can do. First of all, you've got to keep the dog that's peeing inside of a crate so that she or he can't do it. 
okay? And then you've got to have structure so that the dogs go out the same time each day. And you talked about food. You've got to be in control of the food. So the dog doesn't just get the food. You hold on to the food. You stand there. You make the dog sit, and then you put the food down, and you make the dog wait until you say it's okay to eat the food. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to demonstrate you're a leader, like not letting the dog sit on the couch where you sit. If the dog's on your furniture and, and it's in your spot, you push it out of the way. When you walk the dogs, you've got to walk them together. They've got to be at your side, not, not in front of you. They've got to be at your side. When you enter the house, you've got to come in first. When you leave the house, you go out first. It's just simple little things like that to demonstrate you're in charge. The one problem that I will really say I have a tremendous challenge with is if I try and create this dog, she screams at the most horrendous pitch, un. Ending. Well, you've got to, then you've got to teach her that the crate is a good place. See, all of this stuff takes a lot of patience, persistence, and time. It doesn't happen overnight. So basically, what you have to do is teach her the crate is a fun place to be. And you, you leave the door open, you start feeding her in the crate. You give her treats when she's in the crate. You leave the door open. When she starts being comfortable enough to go in the crate by herself, you'll start closing the door for 20 minutes, and then you'll lengthen it to 40 minutes, and then you'll lengthen it to 50 minutes, and you'll give her treats while she's in there and you're always happy when she comes out but a dog that hasn't been crated its whole life well yeah it's not going to want to go in there now as far as barking and making noise you've got to learn to ignore that and, and a good place a good thing to do with a dog that's barking or a dog that is making noise and, and, and you don't want to give that dog attention but it's driving you crazy is if you have a laundry room or a closet or some room like that that you don't use in your house you can make that a room where a dog goes to have basically a timeout it's a timeout room. When your dog is barking and misbehaving, you tell your dog, hey, I'm going to put you in timeout. And they hate going there. And they learn very quickly that you're not going to pay any attention to them when they bark. You're only going to pay attention and give affection when they're calm, when they're behaving mellow, when they're laying there on their rug. You never give a dog attention except when they're doing what you want. When they're doing what you don't want, you totally ignore them. When they poop in the house, unless you're catching them in the act, you know, punishing them after does no good. It just teaches them that you're going to get crazy if you see poop in the house. They don't know they did it, though. Alan, you always do mention that we have to keep the medical thoughts in mind. But yes. I have actually seen a change in, in many situations where there's a change in the hierarchy of the household, where the, the older or the dominant dog suddenly is being challenged by the younger dogs in the home in yes. different ways. And sometimes right. this can actually be a clue that there is a medical problem wrong with the older dog. So even though she seems perfectly fine, um, you know, I would certainly recommend getting her checked out, especially for urinary tract issues, lower spine issues, arthritis, because those can also contribute to some of the problems with mobility, where she may choose to go where she's at, and she may be saying, hey, this is my central zone, this is my area, I'm going to kind of mark it, but I'm also having trouble getting outside, and I don't want to show my weakness. Dr. Debbie's absolutely right. Dogs are constantly challenging you, and they're challenging each other to redefine the, the pack hierarchy. They're going to do that. But it's very important for you to be the head dog. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hey, what should I use to bathe my dog, Dr. Debbie? What's a good product? I, I like, in, if there's no medical problem, no skin problem, I just use a nice um, fatty acid-enriched shampoo. My own guys, I use a... Uh, one called Dermalay or Dermalite. Um, what if he does have sensitive skin or he has skin problems? What do you use then? Then I use the the oatmeal 
base shampoos, and that's gotcha. at least the line that I use is uh, that's the Dermalay, Dermalay, which is the oatmeal one. Do you need some? I can get you some. I could use whatever you got. I can just see I'm, you like with a whole pot of oatmeal on top of your dog and saying, <laughs> Dr. Debbie told me to use oatmeal based shampoo. Oatmeal based shampoo. I can eat breakfast and bathe you at the same time, Rudy. <laughs> What's the difference between a mite bite and a flea bite? They're different types of bugs. A flea you can generally see with your naked eyes. A mite is typically microscopic or very, very small. Yes, I cannot see those, but they bite me too, right? They all dine on some, me? Some types do, but, you know, you might be kind of having parasitic uh, delusions. <laughs> oh, yes, I might. Yes, I might. He does have a lot of different delusions. I have lots of problems. <laughs> lots of problems. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you? Oh, hi. I'm wonderful today. What can we help you with today? Well, my husband and I adopted a cat that's an indoor-outdoor cat about four years ago. And mm-hmm. he's always worn a collar, even when we had when we adopted him or before we adopted him. And we've noticed within the last six to eight months that he's been coming in in the mornings without his collar on. And okay. so the, the first time we thought, well, you know, maybe that's a coincidence. The second time we got a little suspicious and thought, well, maybe one of the neighbors is concerned about him wearing a collar that has to buckle, uh-huh. and so they're removing it. Then the third time that we put a collar on, we used the, the breakaway collar, and he came in last week without his breakaway collar on. And so mm-hmm. we're concerned that, well, we'd like to have for him to have a collar on with a bell so that we can hear him when he comes in and out of the house. So maybe the, the birds and the animals can hear it, and he can, uh-huh. you know, they'll, the birds will get away from him. So... Um, we're just wondering, what should we do about this? Well, it's it's kind of a tricky situation because, you know, and I, I've had some cats in my lifetime that have been able to get out of breakaway collars in an indoor situation. So um, that's what they're designed for. I can't explain why the other collars came off, but I, I'd be concerned. Um, we do like to have ID on our pets, especially if they're going outside. But if your kitty is getting into environments where that is coming off or getting snagged up on things, that does put him at risk for, you know, choking or some kind of injury from that. So right. as much as we want to keep a collar on him, um, you know, if we assume that no human is removing that. Well, um, I, you think neighbors are removing it, though? You are assuming that. Is that correct? We uh, we assume that a neighbor is removing it because of the they just don't want the cat to have a, t- a collar on. How about putting a note on the collar? The new one, <laughs> just putting a little note on it and say, hey, call, let's talk about this before you take the collar off, you know? I like that idea. We could do that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you have a steady communication somehow uh, with the neighbor there. Do you know which neighbor? No. Our cat lives in a, a neighborhood, and we call it an island that is kind of blocked off by by different roads, and so he lives on this, this island. And everybody in the neighborhood knows him because he's out and about so much. I mean, he's a nice cat. Well, I mean, Hal's suggestion about putting some, like, little note or, you know, important identification is included. Um, I would also make sure you do have your kitty microchipped. And it won't serve the serve um, the purpose of having the audible tone, the bell sound, but at least that's another way that you can help ensure that he's your kitty and that he is identified and, heaven forbid, someone picks him up and decides he, they want to have him, um, that there's some ID there. So, he does you know, have I, a microchip. 
Good. Fabulous. Good, good. And you know, the other, I guess the other side of the argument would be the safest thing would be to keep him indoors so that he doesn't even have this problem. So I know that's not always a popular opinion with some cats who are used to this lifestyle of being the outdoor kind of wandering, uh, checking out the neighborhood and, and keeping tabs on his domain. But that would be the only one thing I could say that we would avoid this problem altogether. They live a longer life, don't they, Doc? Definitely. Outdoor cats, um, injury, infectious disease, uh, you name it. It shortens their, almost by 50% shortens mm. their lifespan. So, yeah, that's my little advertisement to keep them indoors. <laughs> Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joy Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. It's Animal Radio. We are toll free at one 405 8405 We're all here except Joey Villani, who's uh, not here today. And uh, in place of Joey Villani, Alan has brought in his dog, Rudy, right? Is it Rudy? Ru- Rudy Villani, yes. Rudy Villani. <laughs> and I'll be real honest with you, Rudy kind of smells. Yes, he does. He's, oh, poor fellow. Yeah. He's, he's got an ear thing going on right now. So that's all coming from his ear? Yeah, yeah. I got to get him into the vet, but I have to wait till Monday. Oh my goodness! Now has he had this before? Uh, I don't think so. No, no. It okay. smells, and I, you know, I, I, I just cleaned it out with a paper towel, and it, it's got a little. But he's got an infection. I'm sure it's an infection, and I'm worried because I wish I could get him in right now, but I can't. Gosh, well, why isn't your vet open every day of the week like I am? I know. Are you <laughs> really? Crazy, are you? Are you, man. Are you there every day? Most vets I, aren't. I am not in the clinic every day, but I often work Sundays and uh, all throughout the oh, week. Man. So yeah, we are staffed in my area every day of the week. But, you know, in answer to your question, if you have concerns that your pet has an ear infection and you can't get to the vet right away, if you don't have a product on the shelf from your veterinarian for ear cleansing, then, you know, I actually will recommend to do a homemade uh, ear cleaner. Really? And you can do this, yeah, you can do this really easily with um, kind of diluting white vinegar with, uh, I usually use distilled water. So we do it a one part um, to four parts. So you know, 25% is going to be the, the white vinegar. And then three quarters is going to be the uh, the distilled water. So you mix that together, and that helps to assist, helps to clean the ear, and it helps to change the pH of the environment in the ear, so it's more acidic, and that's unfavorable to organisms like yeast and bacteria. Um, now, your veterinarian will certainly have better products that are more you know pH balanced, and that also have boric acid in them and things like that, but. That would be something you can definitely do right now and, you know, put that in the ears, massage it, gently clean. I don't use Q-tips. I generally use cotton balls or Kleenex, especially for a big dog. You can stick your whole finger in their ear and clean up pretty nicely. That's awesome, girl. Thank you so much. Sure. Is that a common problem? Because a lot of people call and say they have smelly dog ears. Yeah. And, you know, smelly ears, definitely. They're... If you smell something that stanks in your dog's ear, the first thing I think of is yeast and bacteria. Okay. Um, normal dog ear wax, wax does not smell. It just kind of has, a, well, it kind of has a good smell, you know, if you could say that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. And this happens more in dogs that have the ears that fold down instead of ears that are picked up? Depends. Not necessarily. There are definitely breeds like the Cocker Spaniel. And I think that's where some of that comes from is that people think that because they have those droopy ears, that's why they have more ear infections. But in reality, some breeds are more 
predisposed to ear infections like cocker spaniels who have a lot of allergies. Allergies kind of go hand in hand hmm. with ear infections. So they can have upright ears just like a you know German Shepherd. Well, well, let me ask you this question because I know Alan takes the dog. Rudy goes swimming. He swims yeah, in the he, lake. You know what it is, though? He jumped in. He was. Ch- I give him permission to chase a rabbit because I did not see that there was like a marsh there, and neither did he. So he there must have been all kinds of junk in that thing, and it got in his head, Ooh. and now oh, it's yeah. developed into yeah. So I've got yeah, yeah. That- so definitely make sure you do get that that guy checked out because he may need some antibiotics, both orally and in maybe even in an ointment form to really. Yeah, so I'm going to take that. him to the vet that he wants to eat on Monday. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, make sure you feed him well beforehand. That we always appreciate that <laughs> i feed him well he just you know i think when when he had his knee surgeries you know i don't think they put him because the vet is such a good vet uh like you dr debbie and i don't think they put him out they're very very uh, conservative with the with the you know the the um, anesthesia anesthesia yes so i think the dog was awake and feeling no. the pain yeah pucky. i think so no, bull pucky. I, well, he, no. He, he remembers this vet i mean it's just this one guy and when he sees this guy he's like i'm to kill him. That's what goes well, on in his head. Maybe so, definitely. But he was not awake for his surgery. Don't, don't, please don't not. spread that kind of thing. We, we have to have our pets not. under anesthesia for surgery. Movement. But isn't not. it possible <laughs> that they can come out a little too early or something, and they, and they can see the person and associate the smells and the pain and. You know, you know in the stuff. modern veterinary office, we can assess if a pet is unconscious pretty well. Um, we watch heart rate, respiratory rate, um, and, and that's adjusted. Now, what they will remember, they'll remember they wake up, ouch, my leg hurts, where am I at? I'm at a vet's office. And I've had yeah. dogs where they walk in the door, and they see this one door that heads back to what we call our treatment room. They see the door, and the door freaks them out. They've been through that door <laughs> before, before, so they know they don't want to go through that. So they definitely can have, um, you know, you, you know reactions to different areas or sites, places, smells, all of that thing, you know, can all trigger a, a fear Are response. you sure you can tell when a dog is out? Because Hal's out right now and nobody can tell. <laughs> <laughs> breathe, Hal, oh, breathe. Oh, sorry about that. Thanks, man. I'm going to go to the store right after we're done. Well, I, I have a little vinegar here. We can do this right here before the end of the show. Yeah, you're welcome to try, Hal. I wouldn't do it. I'll let Dr. Debbie do it. <laughs> Deb can do it. I know yeah, that He likes you, Deb. He does. Do I have a way with nails. You do. And even, yeah, no. even females. Ladybug kind of takes to you. Well, at first she didn't. Well, when she first met me, I think she smelled the office on me. And now, you know, she's she, past that. She tolerates you. Hey, Stacy, what are you working on? Coming up, I've got a story about a bunch of dogs that were trying to break a world record. Not just 10 or 12 dogs. We're talking 635 dogs all in the same place. Did it happen? Hmm? I believe it did happen. It was the most butts ever sniffed in a day. I'll tell you. Coming up on Animal Radio News. It was a wonderful record to behold. Hi, Mel. Welcome to the show. Hi there. What's going on? Uh, we have a chinchilla. Uh, it's oh, probably about cool. 10 years old. And she pretty much stopped chewing on things like she normally used to. Mm. Okay. And it looks like her teeth are getting a little longer. Mm, okay. uh, she, she does still eat, you know, like her regular food and hay. But, uh, you know, she's drooling a lot and seems to be drinking a lot more water. Oh, okay. She is drooling, so she's getting a little stained on her face with that? Yep. Yeah, and I don't know uh, if it's just because of the way she's drinking and drinking so much. It seems like a lot more. All right. Now, normally people with rodents would say, oh, my God, they chew a lot already. So it's good when they don't chew. Um, but in this situation, especially since you were describing that she's having drooling, gosh, um, I'd say the number one thing we need to do is a good dental exam on her. 
Um, the front teeth, the incisors are one thing, but the back teeth, the molars in uh, chinchillas as well as rabbits can really be a huge problem. They are continually growing and they continually wear the opposing teeth down. Um, if they start to get little spikes and overgrow in aspects, that creates cheek pain or it can even entrap the tongue. Um, so it can be quite serious and um, if we're giving up on some of those chewing items or some of the different hay items, uh, those are some of the first signs that I say that we need to get a good look inside that oral cavity and, and evaluate those teeth. Um, many chinchillas do need to have their teeth trimmed, um, so uh, getting a good look is part of it, um, and then doing any kind of uh, dental care that we might need to trim the teeth, or heaven forbid, if there's any bad ones that are actually uh, creating abscesses, then extracting those, surgically extracting those would be the way to proceed there. But uh, I'd say definitely the first thing I would do is get a good look inside that mouth and, uh, you know... Make sure your veterinarian's comfortable looking at chinchilla mouths because um, they are a little interesting little critters and they got a lot of crooked little teeth in that mouth and it can be um, it can be very overwhelming if, uh, if they're not comfortable with that. Got it. They're soft, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're beautiful. They do make gloves out of them. <laughs> they do make gloves. Oh out of them. no! <laughs> not this one. What is their no. no- what is their normal lifespan, Doctor Debbie? You know, actually, your baby sounds like we're already pretty much in the in the older years of uh, chinchillas. So yeah, I do see them living eight, ten, twelve years. Um, but certainly uh, hope that your baby sees many more years beyond that. Thanks for your call today. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Whether it be flamingos or chinchillas or uh, whatever it is, Doctor Debbie can handle it. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest. Now, when NBC asked me to host the biggest game show event ever, I assumed that they were exaggerating. Then they told me it's a quiz show that runs for a million seconds straight, 24 hours a day from the heart of New York City, and anyone in the country can play online to get on the show. And if you make it on, you can earn 10 bucks a second. That's $36,000 an hour. $864,000 a day. It's the biggest prize in game show history. So I said, I'm in. The Million Second Quiz begins September 9th on NBC. If you're like most people, you suffer from occasional gas problems. My gas problem got so bad, I had to cancel a father-son camping trip. That's when I took action. I joined the Shop Your Way program at Kmart. Kmart Shop Your Way members get a coupon for 30 cents off per gallon of gas when they spend $50 or more at Kmart. Not a Shop Your Way member? Sign up today. It's free, and you'll get 30 cents off per gallon of gas. Participating stores only. Board wear prohibited by law. Maximum gallon purchase limit supply. Offer and member details at Kmart.com slash earn gas for less. Go on, sweetie. Jump to Dad. I'm not sure, Daddy. The water's cool. There are moments in life that cause us to hesitate. Jump right here. Uh, okay. Here I come. I got you. Good job. I did it. That was fun. But once we take action, we're really glad that we did. If you're thinking about selling your home, don't hesitate. Interest rates are low and buyers are in the market. Every market's different. Call a Realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce 
reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption. Canine Caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Debbie, did you hear the story, the Pitbull Cop story out of Baltimore? No, I don't think I have. You know, I'm having deja vu right now. I don't know why. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, these people in this neighborhood, you know, as as people often do, they misunderstand the poor little pit bulls. And, you know, they called the cops and they said, there's a vicious dog terrorizing our neighborhood. Please send help. And so this officer showed up and thank goodness he was a dog lover. And, uh, you know, he the dog was just terrified and, and ran into an alley. And he followed the dog in there to see, you know, how vicious this dog was. And the dog immediately just walked up to him with his tail between his legs and started licking his hand, this, like, 80-pound <laughs> pit bull. So the cop's like, okay. So he puts him in the back of the cruiser and gets in there with him and has his buddy drive. And they bring him to the shelter, and the cop can't do it. You know, he says to himself, if I bring the dog in there, they're going to put him to sleep. So the cop wound up taking him home. He's got two other dogs, and they're all getting along just fine. And turns out this dog was just a pit bull, but he's a sweetheart. And I just hope people have an open mind when it comes to pit bulls. They have such a bad rap. And did you know, like 10, 12 years ago, you know, pit bulls enjoyed a fantastic reputation that during mm-hmm. World War One. They were, they, they were, there was actually pit bulls on posters in World War One, and then Spanky, you know, our gang, the little rascals, that old TV show, that dog in the uh, in the show there, he was a pit bull. So up until recently, pit bulls had a great rap, and now they just have such an awful reputation. Well, it, it seems like there's a dog every 10 years that gets that bad rap. It was the German yep. Shepherd, it yep. was the Rottweiler. Doberman. Dobermans, yep. I blame it on the media. And again, this week they reported another pit bull mauling. And of course, some of the most. You don't hear about the Chihuahua attacks. No, you don't. You know, I get nailed by Chihuahuas all the time, but I don't go <laughs> seek medical attention because you got a little puncture. But it's the pit bull. You know, they can definitely put more damage to their bite than, yep. than you know. Yep. Let's see. Let's head to John. Hey, John, how are you doing? Hi, hi. This is John. Uh, where are you calling from, John? Antelope, California, one town south of Roseville. So what you got going on? Well, I got a little puppy, six months old, and she's a miniature poodle, and she's sweet as can be. We're worried about feeding her ice cream. I don't know anything about that sort of thing. Okay. You're, you're worried about it? Is she currently eating ice cream? Yeah, we feed her a dollop once in a while. Vanilla. Okay. So you're looking to ask me for permission to give your dog ice cream. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Will it hurt her? Well, it depends. Um, there are certainly dogs that are, have very sensitive stomachs and veering from their uh, regular diet can upset their system. The interesting thing that people need to recognize is that dogs and cats, a good majority of them, are actually lactose intolerant. Um, so that's something to think about when we start offering them different um, dairy products, that that can cause some dietary upset. And that may not be a life-threatening illness, but, you know, we might talk about excess gas, soft stools, maybe some vomiting. As a child, I can tell you my dog, uh, he definitely dined on uh, cleaning the uh, ice cream bowl, <laughs> a regular occurrence. So a little bit probably is not going to be a big deal. But in general, there's a lot of fat in ice cream and calories that we really just don't need to do. So... I, I'm not going to give you that clearance to say it's okay to give ice cream. It would just be something I would try to discourage. Why not give him a chunk of meat? Give him some meat. Dogs love meat. Give him some meat, a chunk of meat. <laughs> that, that's interesting. The local young man at a pet store suggested I take and put uh, peanut butter in uh, 
wet dog food and freeze it and then like, give them that. Wow. Well, that can be kind of a fun treat, but I would say rather than put it in the food, frozen peanut butter can be very useful when we're uh, trying to get dogs to uh, be occupied, chew on toys. So you can take a little bit of peanut butter, stick it inside a Kong or an- another kind of chewing toy, and keep them occupied. I don't want to just give dogs food. That really, it's, it's pretty ungratifying. I mean, yes, they, they like to eat it, and it's yummy, but it doesn't really occupy their mind or their chewing instincts. So... I like the frozen peanut butter in a toy. I don't like throwing it in the bowl. That's just, it's not letting a dog be a dog. Okay, thank you. I like that, Deb. One last one. I'll do that question. I just got told yesterday that it's dangerous to feed dog grapes. Grapes. Yes, that's actually true. Um, Grapes and raisins have the potential to cause kidney failure in dogs. And it's very true. And and that's another thing where people will say, I've done it before and my dog is perfectly fine. It's something they are looking at. They don't know really what the toxic principle is, but it can happen. So do not feed grapes or raisins to your dogs. Thank you, Debbie. And what about chocolate? Chocolate. Oh, that's another one. Chocolate's a no-no. And um, small amounts aren't likely to be toxic, but you can certainly get a taste. They'll develop a taste for chocolate. And my own dear Labrador had ingested several pounds of chocolate items and had the world's worst chocolate toxicity. He had heart arrhythmias, uh, vomiting. It it was a really bad state. So it can be toxic in large amounts. So um, I don't like to do it at all. Uh, Okay, we don't do that. We just feed your vanilla, little scoop of vanilla, tiny little tablespoonful. Yeah, and there's so many, you know, fun, kind of healthy dog treats out there that can be flavored like chocolate, but they really don't contain chocolate. So if you feel the urge to give something like that, you can always reach to the to the pet store to find something. I, Thank you, Debbie. I remember the uh, the uh, peanut butter that wasn't really peanut butter. It's dog peanut butter. Dog butter is what they call it from yeah. Dog for Dog, which is yes, much better. Formulated and healthier for dogs. Good for them. So you might check that out. We have a list over at the uh, website at animalradio.com of oh, foods okay. you should not feed your dog, which uh, <laughs> includes, of course, grapes and raisins. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. one 405 to connect with our dream team here at Animal Radio. What are you laughing at? That guy had a whole grocery list, you know. What about this? Can I feed him this? What about that? What about that? That's great. That's so he knows. Once you, you get a professional's ear, you just keep shooting out those questions. You get the best money for your time for your money. Yeah. Absolutely. Pistachio nuts. Can I feed up pistachio nuts? What about caviar? Yeah. Caviar. What's, is that good? Is that okay? I also have this little shrimp. sore on my butt. I feed them shrimp. Do I take the little legs off? What do I do? Stacy, what are you working on? Well, do you ever yawn and then somebody next to you yawns just like you did or across the room, they catch you, their eye catches you, and then all of a sudden everybody's yawning. Seriously, just talking about yawning, it makes me want to yawn. But your dog also yawns just like you do, you'll find if you're yawning. And there's a reason behind that. And it's not the same as humans. I'll tell you. Coming up on Animal Radio News. Okay, everybody, oh. collectively. <sighs> so what was that? Well, I was, I was going to do it because I wanted it to go on air. Whatever oh, you did? Say. Oh, well, then but tell him, do it again. Off, so do it again. What was it? Yeah, I, yeah. Hal, I didn't like the way you addressed Judy. You better I take know. it back. I'm sorry, I, yeah. I apologize. So, I did it because I wanted to say this on yes. air. Okay, what, go ahead. Yes, You're on air. Tell us, you know, tell us what it was. I was going to say, I had our next caller lined up, but she refused to go on air. She was going to come on, Debbie. This was going to be Julie. She was going to come on and say that she bathed her dog and she took it to the groomer, but he still stinks. And uh-huh. she, she didn't know why. Well, now she says she found out he rolled in something, had something all over him, and she picked it all off. And he doesn't smell anymore. Oh, well, that's good. You know what? There are sometimes the mystery smells that come walking in the veterinary office. So I don't think, Julie, you should feel bad at all. I've had dogs come in that people are battling, bathing their dogs with medicated shampoos, can't find the stink. 
and you know it might turn out to be something like a stinky old collar that's just dug when jumping in the pool. Really? Yes. I was a savior. I, I saved these people. They were just ready to spend money. And I said, you know what? Let me take the collar off. And I took it off. And I was like, oh, boy, you got a really go. stinky collar. You got to get a new one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, $40 later, you know, they got oh, the answer. I know. Was it $40 oh, for month? the answer or $40 for the collar? <laughs> I know once a, <laughs> once a month just to you know just to see Doctor Debbie, I cover my dog with some foreign smell and play with myself called Guess the Smell. The yep. game Guess the Smell. See if she can do it. You're really a genius. You're you're a genius, man. I come up with things. You do. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Greetings, Animal Radio lovers. Vinny Penn, your party animal, coming at you with another party animal installment. I actually have a question for you. Uh, one of my last days on the beach, I noticed something very interesting. There was one guy on the beach who had a newborn with him, a newborn, about a year old, uh, a year and a half old, uh, kind of taking his first little lumbering steps on the sand and uh, the guy was there without baby's mother and to my left a bit of a ways down was another gentleman who was frolicking with a dog in somewhat the same capacity and i swear if i'm not mistaken the guy with the dog was getting more the girls were staring at him much more than the guy with the baby well i guess as i say it out loud women seeing a guy with a baby they probably assume there's a mother not far off and perhaps one who takes taekwondo or you know maybe they're living in fear maybe that's why the guy with the dog i mean the dog is the ultimate chick magnet particularly on the beach you throw that frisbee and that dog comes running out, soaking wet, and does that shake, and you do a funny little, ah, you're getting me soaking wet. This dog was a chick magnet, and it wasn't even like it was, you know, it was a Rottweiler or this beautiful chocolate lab or, you know, anything of this nature. It was a straight-up mutt. Not that I'm anti-mutt by any stretch of the imagination, but the girls were running over, look at him, and the dog would shake his this salt water all on the girls. Don't do that. And they were laughing and everything. All I was thinking about was every time I took a girl to the beach, if I splashed water on their shore, she was like, you jerk, and stomped off to the concession stand, only to come back with French fries that she didn't share. The dog is a chick magnet more than a kid. But as I said, I think I'm realizing on the air, because women probably presume kids got a mother. Guy's probably taken. So I guess this really wasn't a question, or maybe just that I answered my own question. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, on Animal Radio. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 25th through September 2nd. With colors like Picnic, August Moon, and Pressed Flower, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store and save 30% today. Find your nearest store at sherwinwilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Opening week is coming right up, and if you're into fantasy football, you'll want to hear this. When I heard this, I was shocked. 
There's a guy in Detroit, apparently big into fantasy football, who's won, get this, over $492,000. Damn. Yeah, he's 35 years old, and he's playing in those new one-week football leagues at FanDuel.com, where you can pick a new team any week and get immediate cash payouts. Four hundred ninety-two grand playing fantasy football? Apparently, this is the hottest thing in fantasy football. These one-week football leagues at FanDuel.com. There's no season-long commitment. It's a brand-new contest every week. And look, FanDuel is going to pay out $135 million in winnings this year. Hey, listen, I want you to get out there now because right now FanDuel is giving radio listeners free entry into a $5,000 opening week fantasy football contest. Just go to FanDuel.com, click on the radio microphone in the upper right corner, and use the promo code 9494. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com, promo code 9494. If you came to Sears, I'd enlighten you with this Samsung refrigerator with a sparkling water dispenser. Brings class into any home. Isn't that right, Lord Fountainshire? The delicate balance of filtered water infused with pure carbon dioxide tantalizes your taste buds. Just say yes next time and say yes to savings this Labor Day at Sears. I'll save you up to 30% off all Kenmore and Samsung appliances plus up to 15% off other appliance brands. One appliance store helps more people find savings and solutions than any other. This is Sears. Exclusion supply. See store for details. Offer validate 25 to 98. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. A badger has been credited with a major archaeological find in Germany. You know, badgers, they like dig up stuff. Well, the animal had dug up land and in the process unearthed some old human bones, like really old. Archaeologists were called in. They announced this week that the badger had discovered a 12th century burial site which included graves of two Slavic lords and several warriors. The lords were buried with bronze bowls at their feet, while one of the warriors had a sword at his side. Archaeologist Thomas Kirsting said it was clear from the marks on one of the warrior's skull. He was a pretty tough guy. He added that it's the first grave to be found in Brandenburg, so it's a pretty important discovery. The artifacts are going to be displayed at a local museum next month. Well, you know how... um state and county fairs. They always have a butter cow. At least they did in Ohio when I grew up. It was a big deal. That butter cow was pretty much the mascot of the Ohio State Fair. Iowa's iconic butter cow sculpture is back on display now after it was trashed by animal rights activists. Authorities say the culprits doused the large sculpture with red paint and they scrawled freedom for all on the glass refrigerated case. A group called Iowans for Animal Liberation took credit for the attack in an email. They said the paint represents the blood of 11 billion animals murdered each year. The Iowa State Fair says that 600-pound cow sculpture, it uses enough butter to smother more than 19,000 slices of toast. Well, some dogs apparently don't care all that much about breaking a world's record. The UK's Daily Telegraph says the Kennel Club was attempting to set a new record for the largest assembly of dogs staying in one place at the same time. So to accomplish the goal, the animals had to either sit or stay in their designated spot for at least two minutes. But Kennel Club spokesman said some of the dogs just got a little too distracted, so they were up wandering around, sniffing each other's rear ends. So they didn't qualify. The Kennel Club had brought together 635 dogs in this attempt. But event organizers haven't given up. They say they're going to get the dogs back together again next year. Scientists are urging uh, the media to stop saying shark attack. A group of scientists are asking the media to stop 
using that word. The American Elasmo Branch Society, which studies sharks, rays, and various other creatures, believes that the term reinforces negative stereotypes and undermines shark conservation efforts and, you know, their self-esteem. Instead, they encourage reporters to be more accurate and differentiate between shark sightings, shark encounters, shark bites, and fatal shark bites. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterandSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Because you've booked with Booking.com, you, freedom lover, are on the road and carefree. You're not worried that dealership billboards spoil beautiful views or that the fresh, cool breeze gives you a mouthful of fumes. No, because you know in just a few more miles, you'll be free to rock around in the perfect booking hotel, treehouse, or rustic cottage of your dreams. Thanks to Planet Earth's number one accommodation site, Booking.com. Booking. Yeah. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the Endless Summer Sale, August 25th through September 2nd. With colors like Picnic, August Moon, and Pressed Flower, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store and save 30% today. Find your nearest store at sherwinwilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Hey, I'm Jake T. Austin. The end of summer is a tough time for kids, but you know what's even tougher? Going back to school without pencils and notebooks and backpacks like millions of kids do. So I'm joining Staples for Students and Boys and Girls Clubs of America to make sure every kid starts the year off right with the tools to succeed in school and build a great future. Join me and donate at your local Staples store from June 30th to September 28th. Find out more at staplesforstudents.org. Hi everybody, this is Frankie Avalon and I love Animal Radio. Keep listening. It's Animal Radio. We are celebrating our connection with our pets toll free. 1-866-405-8405. Dial slowly. I'll say it slowly. You dial slowly. <laughs> 866-405-8405. To Dr. Debbie, your dog trainer, Alan Cable, animal communicator, Joey Turner. And Joey Volani's on vacation this, this, well, he's not, he called in sick as well, right? Or is he out dancing in the park? We think he's dancing in the park. Yeah. He actually called in well. He called in well. <laughs> Can't make it because I'm feeling too good. Too good. Got to go out to the park. And that's exactly, I'm looking out the weather out of the studio right now. It's a beautiful day. It's a dancing in the park day. I want to get out there with the dog. But uh, we got this to do. 
Did I bring everyone down? Everyone's looking out the window now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, what, is, what do you mean? What do you mean we, we've got this to do? What, what does that mean? I mean, you get to do this fantastic radio show, talk, talk to all these amazing people about dogs and cats, and, and and you're making out like it's some sort of chore. You're the luckiest guy in the world. You know, That's I really am. I really am. And I apologize if I made anyone think otherwise. I have the best job in the world, and I get to bring my animals to work, which creates an environment, a peaceful, relaxing environment around here. And uh, the dogs, as we were talking earlier, are being used in the courtroom to help witnesses testify because it calms them. We see that there's a cat that's uh, actually helped pin the uh, pin a, a murder suspect. Yes. So we see the animals are helping in all kinds of different ways. Uh, now we have Rachel McPherson. She's the founder and executive director of the Good Dog Foundation. She joins us. And she's working on an anti-bullying program with the dogs. I, wow. I got to figure out, you know, bullying is the new, it's the, it's the Isn't thing it? now. It's, well, it's finally, you know, it's always been around, but it's finally being yeah. brought to everyone's attention. I was bullied in school. Were you really? So I can't I. imagine. Were you? Well, <laughs> Alan, I can understand that, really. Yeah, I really was for a whole year. I was oh. bullied by this kid. I didn't even know this kid. Really? And what did you do? How did that end? He would just walk up to me and punch me in the stomach and walk away. And this went on for a full year. Wow. And I swear... This this is the the God's honest truth. I mean, he took my wind away. I couldn't breathe. I was freaked out. I used to look out the windows of the school to see what exit he was at and take the other exit. Until one day, the, it was like the last day of school, the day before the last day of school, and we didn't have buses. We walked in Brooklyn to school, and we had to walk a mile. And, and I was walking, and there he was behind me, and he comes up from behind me, and I just snapped. I just snapped like a nut, and I, I literally, they were pulling me off this kid. He weighed, he was probably a foot taller than me, and he probably outweighed me by at least 50 pounds, and I was bashing his head into the sidewalk. Oh. I, just, I just snapped. See, mine never got physical. It was all mental. This girl really? threatened, yeah, that she was going to beat me up after school every day, so it was always just this mental thing. She never actually touched me, but every day, and I would be afraid to walk home. I would be let out five minutes early. She was mother. renting space in your she head. She did. I think we were all bullied. I think that's why you get into radio is you get bullied <laughs> as a youngster still being, he's still being bullied. i am today this very day uh but uh, anyway rachel mcpherson we welcome you to the show hi rachel how are you doing hi how are you doing thank Good. you so much for having me today I, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there but i <laughs> think this, okay. this anti-bullying it's, thing is it's a, a great segue into what our program's all about well tell us what it is well as the cases that you just discussed we have children in classrooms that talk about bullying uh, to the dog. And what we do is we take the dog into the school classroom and we really talk about how to treat a dog really well. And so we're dealing with, the, you know, treating dogs with kindness and uh, making sure that we take good care of our pets. So when you take them into the classroom, you're focusing on the dog, really? We're focusing on the dog, but what's amazing that happens is that by focusing on the dog, we also weave in, you know, if you take good care of your dog, you should also take really good care of your friends. Mm -hmm. And have any of you had any situations where a friend has really not taken really good care of you, and then the bullying comes out? Mm -hmm. So are you focusing on the bullier or the person that, that's being bullied? We're focusing on the child that's been bullied, and then also some kids admit that they've actually done this. Ah, you get kids. them to admit it, huh? Yes, we have a, because then they start, they realize that they should be kinder to the dog and they should be kinder to their friends. So uh, we have a complete discussion of all of the above. 
Were you always a believer in the power of dogs? Because I've always known this about dogs, and you know, human beings have pretty much thought inside that box and shut dogs out, and it's really encouraging to see folks like you take the lead and, and see what dogs are capable of doing for people. Uh, have you always thought this way, or is it something you just learned recently? I've actually always thought this way. I grew up as a child, and you can tell by the sound in my mouth, uh, in the state of Mississippi, and I used to train horses. And I had a lot of dogs, and I've always known the power of the human-animal bond. And uh, I was going to do a documentary film about this, but then I realized it was against the law in the state of New York for dogs to go into major medical facilities. So I created the Good Dog Foundation, our training program, which our training program is really unique. And I created the foundation, and... We now are in 390 facilities in four states, and we have over 1,100 trained dogs Wow! assist. So we're the largest certifying animal-assisted therapy organization on the East Coast, the Good Dog Foundation. Mm. That's so cool. Doing great work. So I guess nonprofit, you uh, are always looking for a little help one way or the other. We're always looking for a little help, and we appreciate all the help that we get. And... Uh, we love doing the work, and more importantly, the dogs are just amazing doing the work. They sure are. The GoodDogFoundation.org is the website. If you have a couple bucks and you want to help a good organization out, I'd head on over there. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Rachel, thanks for spending time with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You have a beautiful day out there in the park. <laughs> we'll do that as soon as this wonderful show is over with. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't sound yeah. genuine, do I? No, you I'm don't, now. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun today, but I just can we black out the windows? Yeah, can we close the curtains or something like know, that? Draw the you know drinks. what? I want to I expound, expand on that. You know, the court lady where you, you bring the dogs into the courtroom. Like, like, what if I was a defendant and I was calmed by, like, rappers? You know, like, and I wanted to bring Snoop Dogg in there with me or Coolio <laughs> or something. <laughs> Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Waterbeds were a big hit in the 70s, but lately they're a big hit with cows. Dairy farmer Kirk Christie says his cows give milk while resting on waterbeds and watching a flat screen TV. He says the specially made cow waterbeds were a big hit with his cows from the beginning. They provide heat in the winter and cool them in the summer depending on the water he pipes in. Happy cows produce more milk and since the waterbeds, milk production has jumped up 20%. Christie installed the TV because he said the cows were so used to just hearing his voice that when visitors came by, they'd get scared. Now they get a chance to meet new people on TV and according to Christie, they like Oprah and Dr. Phil. He may be the only farmer offering his cows TV entertainment, but the waterbeds are here to stay. According to the manufacturer, there are over 150,000 cow waterbeds being used, and more orders are coming in every day, causing a lot of cows to ask, Hey, Elsie, what's your sign? I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. And let's see, we go to line four. We have Tom on the phone. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Good, how are you? Splendid, splitting atoms up here. What's going on in your world? I have a four-year-old 
uh, Beagle who will not come to me. Well, let me ask you this: What is he? How long have you had the dog? Um, we adopted him about eight months ago. So when you say he won't come to you, what does that mean? I mean, he never will come to you. Does he ever come around you? If I have something in my hand, if you have like food or something, he'll come to you. Exactly. I can't get him to come to me when I say come. Okay. Do you walk him? Uh, no, not really. Do you praise him? Like, if he does come over to you and you have something in your hand, what do you do when you give it to him? Do you tell him he's a good dog? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, Start taking I, walks if, with... If I call him and he does come by chance, then I give him a lot of praise. Does he move away from you when you call him, or he just pays no attention to you? No, he doesn't. He, he just doesn't pay attention. Okay. Well, you have to you have to become the leader, buddy. When you feed him, what do you do? Do you just put his food down and let him eat it? Right. Okay. Well, don't do that anymore. Start doing things that let him know that you're in charge and that he's not in charge. Because right now, he thinks he's in charge of you. He's the boss of you. He's he's the leader. So start walking him. Walk him every couple of days. Keep him at your side. Never let him walk in front. Never let him walk in the house in front of you. Always go in the house first. Everybody goes in first. He goes in last. When you feed him, hold the food for a couple of seconds. Hold the food for about 30 seconds and look at him. Let him know that you're in charge of the food. Take a piece of food out and feed it to him with your hands. And then put the food down. Make him stay. Don't let him go right at it. Make him stay a minute or two and then let him have the food. Make him work for everything that he enjoys and, and finds pleasurable. And I don't mean he has to do tricks or anything. He just has to you know, have a little bit of patience. And when you start doing stuff like that, the dog is going to recognize that you're the leader, that you're, you know, you're the, you're in charge of the household and that, you know, he is not in charge and he'll start coming to you on his own and you'll also be able to get him to come to you. Another good technique, just take a leash, you know, and stretch it out six feet, seven feet long so that you're sitting there and then ask him to come to you. And when he doesn't, give it a little, a little yank, just a little yank. You say, come, give it a little yank and, and move him towards you that way. If he doesn't move, just don't don't get get food and try it with food and uh after a while he's just going to come to you when you yank on the leash and after a while of doing that maybe a month or two you'll be able to do it without the leash but taking walks is important and letting him know that you're in charge making sure everybody else follows the rules too is he allowed on furniture yeah i have two dogs okay. they're both allowed on the furniture oh you got but another not dog on my, See, not on my lazy boy all right does you does he jump on your lazy boy when i catch him i Get him off yeah. as fast as I can. Yep. See, he jumps on your lazy. He does not recognize you're in charge of anything, right? Right now, maybe the other dog's in charge. I don't know. I'd have to be there. But you have to start right. being in charge, and and the dog will start coming to you. And the best way to start is by taking nice walks with your dog. Don't let him walk in front, okay. though. He's at your side or behind. All right. My two Labradors were the most delightful guys to train, and they're just they're so obedient. And then I got my little boss, my little terrier, and he did the same thing. And we had the biggest challenge getting him motivated to listen to us. And I had to recognize that I couldn't treat him like a Labrador. I couldn't treat him like my other dogs. I had to find his motivation and to... Will him to do what I wanted to, so I had to get kind of tough and be a tough mom, and you know, do all what you said about not letting him have food and and going through the door first. And, and it really, it, I had to think of him as an individual, not as my other dogs. That, that makes a lot of sense because they're all different. They all have different personalities, and size has a lot to do with it too. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. 
Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Flex RX. Like people as dogs get older, arthritis is the most common problem they face. Yuck. FlexRx doesn't just mask symptoms, it restores natural joint function. FlexRx, now available at Pet Supplies Plus. Check it out. Good stuff. I know Ladybug started to take some. She's looking. She had that luxating patella. Yeah, so it's preventative, and it's really helping her little joints. Good stuff. Of course, everything we talk about here at Animal Radio, we use. And uh, we're going to, I'm sorry, I guess i got to hit that button right there, and that would be Greg. Hey, Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How's your dog? What's going on? Okay, so I actually got a uh, a rescue high, uh, cyber husky, and uh, he's probably approximately like 8 to 10 months. I took him into the vet, and he's actually a pretty good dog. The only thing is that just when he wants attention... He wants to, like, use his mouth to, like, squeeze your arm or hand to get your attention. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty, uh, how would you say, uh, he doesn't know his own strength. Uh. Hey, Greg, how are you doing, buddy? I'm glad you called. I really am. I love Siberian Huskies. They're awesome dogs. They have lots of energy. And, uh, you know, they were bred to pull. And so they, uh, they're always pulling at stuff and they like to dig and, you know, they'll try to escape if they don't get enough exercise and they're not stimulated. They need, they need a lot of attention. They need you to, uh, play with them a lot, get their energy out a lot because they have so much energy and because they are sled dogs. And dogs use their mouths in all different kinds of ways, not just to attack, but to actually interact with the world around them. And so a dog will put his mouth on you occasionally to get your attention or to, uh, you know, get you to pay attention to him. And a lot of times dogs don't know their own strength, and that's why when a dog is a puppy, they kind of learn that from their moms and their litter mates. That's why it's so important not to take a dog away from a pup, uh, its mother. You know, uh, before people say eight weeks, I like 12 weeks, because dogs learn so Dogs learn so much from their moms. So humans can also teach their dogs something called bite inhibition is what what they call it or what we call it. And it's a way to teach your dog to be gentle with his mouth. And the best way to do it, the way I like to do it is, and I like to do, I like to do this too, Greg, because it prevents, you know, food aggression and, uh, and, and a dog taking possessive, getting possessive over his food. I like to hand feed my dog a little bit each day, you know, a little kibble each day. And I always say words don't mean much to dogs, but if you use a very selected few words or sounds when you're teaching your dog something, it makes a big impact. It's kind of like the guy who's always talking and, you know, nobody pays attention to him. They tune him out. But the guy who doesn't say much very often when he starts talking, everybody perks up. That's how it is with a dog. So if you were going to just kneel down with a piece of kibble, piece of dog food, and hold it in front of your dog, and when he goes to get it very fast, you just put your hand up and go, hey, you know, hey, and t- and, re- and retreat, take the food back. And you do it over and over again with your hand very slowly to teach him to move slowly. And then when he tries to get the food, if he's going fast, you retreat. You take the food back. You hold your hand up. You go, hey, no. 
and you will very quickly teach him to gently take the food out of your hand. And that's what you want to do. And it takes time. I want you to think of yourself, Greg, as a teacher. You are your dog's teacher. And everybody who's listening to the radio that has a dog should always think of themselves as a teacher. Now, because each dog is different, you have to find ways to communicate what you want to your dog. And you're the only one who can do that. And you've got to do it without language, without words, because, you know, they don't understand sentences. So you've got to learn to do it with movement, and you've got to learn to do it by paying attention to your dog, and you've got to satisfy your dog's needs by getting his energy out. So if you tire him out before you do this exercise, it's going to be very, very successful very quickly. So then when he puts his mouth on you, you do the same thing. You teach him not to put his mouth on you by holding your hand up and going, hey. And you're very quickly going to teach him that teeth are not appropriate on humans. It may take a little time, but he'll get it. Everybody in your house has to do it, though. Okay, buddy? Right. I appreciate it. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yes, most definitely. Okay. Good luck to you, pal. And if you have any other problems... You know, we love hearing from you. Thanks for calling us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. appreciate it. The number is one 405 That is toll-free to the Dream Team. Alan Cable, dog trainer extraordinaire, Dr. Debbie, dog father Joey Villani, and animal communicator Joy Turner. Boy, that ended fast. I'll t- Alan, you told me to start enjoying the show more and stop looking out the window. It actually went by very fast. I had a good time. However, it is time now to take the animals out to enjoy some of this beautiful weather. And I hope everybody across the country can do that. Uh, before you uh, before you go, write this down, animalradio.com. I suggest you download the Animal Radio app right now. It's free. If you haven't done it, why haven't you done it? Come on, man. It's a free app, and you can ask your questions of our Dream Team right from the app for iPhone and for Android. And, of course, there's a million other ways to listen. Over 107 AM and FM stations across the country air Animal Radio. We're also available online on iHeartRadio. Two brand-new channels, a highlight channel and a uh, full show channel just uh, go to Talk Radio and type in Animal Radio and iHeart Radio. Of course, we're on Stitcher, we're on TuneIn, we're on Live 365. I'm missing something else. Yeah, what? I forget the other one. There iTunes. Are, yeah, iTunes. So there's so many ways. You can head on over to the website at AnimalRadio.com and learn a lot more about that. Now, you know, we were talking about dog TV before. Uh, we, we've been doing a radio show for the dogs. Not a lot of you can hear it because it's actually beyond our hearing pitch level. It's uh, it's very high decibel. <laughs> I think the dogs can hear that. And it plays a lot of things like squeaky toys and stuff. So if you notice, your dog's looking at the radio uh, when uh, you're listening to Animal Radio. That's because they're listening to that. Of course, we don't charge the four ninety nine a month as free as radio should be. And uh, That's right. Yep. You can continue to listen to the regular Animal Radio, and your dog can continue to listen to the uh the uh, high-pitched animal radio with all the noises and stuff simply by downloading the animal radio app. Be sure to check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terrier, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. Good reads. They're like owner's manuals for your animal. Have a great week. We'll see you next week right here on this fine station for more animal radio. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.